When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com hey everybody we recorded this podcast before the yankees blowout victory over the orioles and louise heel and stephen ridings and brody kerner's major league debuts so they will not be discussed as much as it was fun last night, they did not make the cut. Also, we're regrettably informed that Sal Romano has been claimed by the Brewers. RIP to the Big Cheese. Farewell. Anyway, on with the show. Line edition. There's a whole bunch of new Yankees, a whole bunch of baby bombers are gone, and we are still here watching the Yankees score one run against the Baltimore Orioles. So even when they have a good weekend, it followed up by some some other fun stuff. So how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll take a, a few days before the first half of 2021-ness can fully get kicked out of the Yankees, or maybe it won't because 2021 is just that strong, but as you alluded to, there's been some major shakeups, and hopefully that just makes the Yankees a lot more fun to watch because they were not fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The sweep against the Marlins was fun. I'll give them that. Yeah, they tried their darndest to not complete the sweep. They were going up against that, and it, it was a day game, so it, it was really tough, but then they came back from behind and actually completed it, so good job. If they battled the elements of, you know, normal 2021 trends of not sweeping... <laughs> So they did it. Or winning day games because, God, they've been horrendous in day games, too. I don't know. Maybe they just 
like partying too much. To, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've said that I've said this in our Slack. I'm like, they just have to have like terrible sleeping habits. Like maybe they're not like maybe they're not going out and drinking and getting drunk every night, but like they're probably like are like are they just up like watching TikTok or playing video games? <laughs> which I know I sound like a grandpa, but like, bro, go to bed if you know you have a day game. <laughs> It's just DJ LeMay here, like, robotically <laughs> on his TikTok until, like, 3 in the morning. Just seeing DJ LeMay going into everyone's, uh, like, breaking into everyone's room, into the thick of it. <laughs> They're like, which DJ, been, stop. Which I've been informed is a TikTok trend. Oh, no, I, I, I do know about that one. I do know about that one. My wife is into TikTok, so. <laughs> yeah, same here. That's the only reason, because my wife just keeps sing- singing it to me. I was like, I hate you. Yeah, so I, I get, like, <laughs> secondhand info of what's going on in Blaze. So. I'm glad you and I are in the same situation. Yeah. Anywho, back to so the, uh, the TikTok trade TikTok. deadline. Yes. The trade deadline presented to you by TikTok because apparently they sponsor Yankees things. Yeah. But if we're going to go right into it, I thought the most of these deals that were made were pretty good. They did not really sacrifice a whole bunch of farm talent for just this stress drive alone. Obviously, the Rizzo trade only affects the last two months of this season. But the people that they gave up in that one, Alexander Vizcaino and Kevin Alcantara, are very far off and were not like considered elite prospects. So yeah, you can make that deal. And then in even the Joey Gallo trade, which is even better because it, it helps the next year too, they didn't really give up too too much in that one either Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith are very good middle infield prospects but the Yankees were dealing from a position of strength where they already had an Oswald Peraza ahead of them they have some other very good guys up the middle that they were able to hold on to and you know pretty good yeah and as much as like you know those guys are uh, not necessarily like the top in the league in the the league and even the Yankee system but they're good prospects but you give that up for a year and a half, Joey Gallo. Yeah. And whatever Joely Rodriguez is. <laughs> yeah. Joely Rodriguez, who is also in this deal, because, you know, yeah. I guess why not? <laughs> yeah. The, the, they really tease the beat writers really tease us when I thought, um, what's his name? John King was coming over with Gallo for oh, this man. whole. That was like, I was like, holy crap, how did he pull that off? And like, I wouldn't have been shocked if Cashman somehow did pull that off. But, you know, we found out it was Joely Rodriguez, which was like, okay, this makes a little bit more sense that you're not getting Gallo and King. But yeah. obvi- and obviously, Cashman got the Rangers and the Cubs to pay for Gallo and Rizzo's salary, which obviously is probably the only reason this the move was able to be made. But hey, whatever works, I guess. Yeah, congratulations to Hal Steinbrenner on not having to go into the, over the luxury tax again. So you, you did gets, it, buddy. He, he gets to raise another under the threshold banner. Yeah. And I, I guess also congratulations to him on getting out of the Justin Wilson, whatever small contract that was, which is, that was one of the weirder trades just because it was like, uh, hey, Reds, you want to Justin Wilson? No. What, what if we give you Sessa? I mean, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, I forget if the Justin Wilson, that no, that didn't happen. That happened after we last recorded. So we didn't talk about it on yeah. here, but we talked about it in the Slack where we were like, find ourselves mildly annoyed that Luis Sessa was traded away because he the was weirdly decent Luis Sessa. <laughs> he was actually not annoying this year, which is like, you know, a big step forward for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we figured, okay, they're trading away Wilson's salary and packaging Sessa with it. So they're probably trying to clear up some finances to make some moves. But then they didn't really add any salary either. So now it's just like, I'm a little bit more annoyed like <laughs> that they traded away Sessa because then they just got Clay Holmes and Joely Rodriguez for the bullpen. It's just like, eh. Yep, that's it. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, whatever. 
Clay Holmes deal too, we should talk about just briefly because uh, they traded Hoy Park and Diego Castillo in that one. That was obviously a much smaller scale deal than the bigger ones that happened later. But because that was one of the first to happen, it was talked about a little bit for a day or two. And obviously Hoy Park has been a favorite of those who have watched the Baby Bombers throughout 2021. But the point is that the Yankees did not really see much of a future for him. They clearly didn't see too much of one for Diego Castillo either. Neither of them were really regarded prospects they may make the majors at some point but the Yankees I don't think lost a big time infielder in any of these yeah I mean I think the Pirates did call up Hoy Park so he made his uh debut I don't know if he actually played or not but I know they they, they did call him up he did he, he got his first hit so good for him oh congrats because I know he only got the one at bat with uh yeah so he yeah he played in one game so far with the Pirates he's batting yes. 250 250 500 congratulations you did it you did it Woo. Yeah, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wish him only the best. That's all. No, yeah, absolutely. I will say, though, the one, the only thing I'm upset about with the trade deadline and all the moves that were made was Sal Romano had to be designated to make room on the roster for some of these guys. So yeah. we've officially lost the big cheese. Well, maybe the big cheese will, you know, hang on there. He could clear waivers. It's happened. He could. Like they, they DFA'd Ryan Lamar. Ryan Lamar passed through waivers. So he's just back in Scranton. So. We may yet see Sal Romano, the big cheese again, but yeah. we'll see. Also, I'm going to interrupt this really quickly. Um, we're going to talk about Garrett Cole in a minute, but apparently Jordan Montgomery also tested positive for COVID. Mother- <laughs> Great. Lovely. Lovely. Breaking news. Breaking Even- news. Probably, yeah. At this point for from yesterday, if you're listening to this uh, on, uh, on Wednesday, but yeah, we just learned that Jordan Montgomery tested positive for COVID as well as Garrett Cole. So, you know. I don't think we'd even gotten into the Garrett Cole thing yet, but yeah, that's, no, uh, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I guess we might as well now. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what is, what is okay. going on? So, so, so Garrett Cole and now Jordan Montgomery have tested positive for COVID and they are on the IL. So we're recording this before Tuesday night's game. So Garrett Cole was originally scheduled to start tonight, but obviously he is not going to be starting thanks to his uh, positive test. And then, Montgomery will also be missing at least his next time up in the rotation. So that's fun. Delightful. Yeah. In uh, non-COVID IL news, Domingo Herman also on the IL with shoulder information after his uh, start in Miami, and they don't really have a timetable for him. So the rotation right now is like Jameson Tyon, end of <laughs> sentence. <laughs> wow. No respect for Andrew Heaney, man. <laughs> Well, yeah. You already forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so, you know, Nestor Cortez, and uh, now they did call up Luis Hill. He's going to make his major league debut and actually get the start tonight against the Orioles. So tonight being Tuesday, again, like I said. So they're going to have to make this patchwork rotation work, but it's a big hit to the to the rotation, obviously, to lose both Montgomery and Cole, especially Cole. But even yeah. Montgomery losing him is not great. <laughs> yeah, and Montgomery had been quietly putting together a really good summer because he just he's been very good in the rotation very steady he doesn't really give you a ton of length but he's been going like five six either scoreless or one run ball and most of his starts in july so he was really putting a nice little season together yeah jordan montgomery i think we've talked about this every time we've talked about jordan montgomery which was like during the off season as the season progresses it's like he's never going to be one to blow you away he's never going to be like the top of the rotation ace guy but he's probably the epitome of solid to have in your rotation. 
anywhere probably in the number four or five spot in the rotation. And, you know, he's been proving that this year. So definitely going to sting, especially when, you know, you have no idea what's happening in your rotation. You've had so much inconsistency. And inconsistency even includes Garrett Cole. I feel like Jordan Montgomery has been the most consistent starter they've had. Yeah, and it's very possible that the COVID thing will only keep them out for a little bit. But again, it's it's always like a thing of, well, maybe he'll be gone for just a few days or maybe he'll be gone for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> As of right now, I don't think we have any confirmation on whether Montgomery and Oracle were vaccinated or not. So we'll, that all remains to be seen. I did see that uh, Cole was vaccinated. So Yeah, I thought I remembered it, but I just wasn't 100% sure. So, But yeah, hopefully that means, you know, he's out not too long, but it still stings. Yeah, it's such a mess. <laughs> Brian Cashman on why Debbie Garcia wasn't picked to join the rotation of the latest COVID issues. He has had a down year, which doesn't make him the immediate choice. <laughs> That's putting it lightly. I mean, yeah. Okay. I think down year is the nicest thing he could say about it. And then on top of that, we also are losing Gio Urshela for who knows how long uh, to the non-COVID IL with a hamstring injury. He had been um, dealing with the, the hamstring thing for a few days, and I know he hadn't been making starts, so that was like less surprising to hear. Yeah, we're just going to IL him because it's dumb to be playing a man down. Right, and I, I mean, I know he had uh, the pinch hit appearance in uh, the Miami series where he had, the, had that uh, clutch hit, and then you know he was immediately pinch ran for by Nestor Cortez, I think. Is that who Nestor Cortez pinch ran for? Do you yeah, remember? he ran for someone. I think it was Urshela. I'm it's... pretty sure it was Urshela. Yeah, because I know as soon as Urshela got on base, he, he was out of the game. He just literally took the at-bat. So, you know, you could tell the hamstrings really bothering him. So definitely a good idea. I think for now, you'll probably see a lineup that consists of DJ at third and uh, Rugnet Odor at second. Although Rugnet Odor has been playing a little bit at third the last few days. So maybe they'll just kind of flip-flop those two. We'll see. You don't like seeing Tyler Wade out there? <laughs> I do not. I do not. Shockingly. I do not. He might be the second most handsome uh, person on the team, but I do not like seeing his face. Yep. Sorry, Jacoby. <laughs> Jacoby already not on his team, right? <laughs> well, you never, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> he might just, he, he did get Thanos, so he might just be there. <laughs> well, he, he got Thanos and then he magically turned up in Boston this year. When he, I mean, not playing, obviously, but he's just sort of like, yeah, I exist. He's guys, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, so that's how you know that something got messed up with the timeline. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, the Ellsbury variants. The Ellsbury variants. Yes. Ellsbury. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the, some positive <laughs> injury news, the good updates we got are, with regards to the rotation at least, are Corey Kluber and Luis Severino uh, making some progress. Like uh, obviously, you know, with the trade deadline, especially with them kind of going quote unquote all in, bringing in Gallo and Rizzo, Yankees fans, myself included probably hope for like a little bit more exciting addition to the pitching staff but definitely more than Andrew Heaney sorry to Andrew Heaney's family who's definitely listening to this but you know we, we always knew that Corey Kluber and Luis Severino were going to be their quote-unquote trade deadline acquisitions and well that's exactly what it is like obviously Andrew Heaney's just here to kind of I think as uh, Jake put it, keep the seat warm until the better pitchers get here. We just need someone to go out there and maybe not be Asher Wojciechowski or whatever. I think Asher, whatchamacallit, pitched better than uh, Andrew Heaney did in his uh, start. So Touche, touche. <laughs> <laughs> so mission failed, Andrew Heaney. <laughs> yeah, if, if that was keeping the seat warm, then that was keeping it warm with some farts or something. <laughs> 
But yeah, no. Corey Kluber faced some uh, live hitters with the team and uh, threw 22 pitches and uh, and you know he's progressing well, obviously. And Luis Severino is going to be starting his uh, rehab assignment today, the, again August 3rd, with the Double A Somerset. I think Boone said sometime between like August 22nd and beginning of September, like September 1st, stretches uh, potential target return dates for both. Then I feel like the Yankees are generally hesitant to actually put something down on paper as far as when they're going to return, especially so far in advance. Like yeah. maybe you could be like, oh yeah, we'll see him next week, or you know, we'll see him by this weekend. That's probably the best you'll get. Is it's like all of a sudden, like a wild Severino appears out of nowhere. But they have to be feeling pretty good for them, I think, at this point to give an actual realistic timetable a couple weeks in advance. So that's got to be a good sign, at least in my mind. <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that Severino's doing his rehab starts not too far away, that's good. And the yeah. only reason he did have the setback in the last one was not because of the elbows, because that free groin injury. So that's easier to recover from, and hopefully they can estimate that timeline better than they would have been able to do with the elbow. So that helps. And I do think he could potentially join the team within a couple of weeks, but I guess we will see, because maybe we should not assume that it's good. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? They might need him to do his rehab at the major league level if everyone keeps going down. <laughs> Matt Frenchick has a theory that the uh, batch of J&J vaccine that was sent to the Yankees was just a container of shampoo. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, on his uh, WFAN interview, Cashman apparently, he didn't exactly say how Cole and Ma- Montgomery are feeling, but added that, quote, the vaccinations are in play Good. and praise their uh, ability to prevent serious illness from COVID-19. So again, without any actual confirmation, it does seem like at least one or if not both are vaccinated, which is good news for obviously themselves, their health, first of all, but also for the team as like a very, very, very distant second. <laughs> yeah, I saw that Cashman was going to go on WFAN at 3.30 today. And I was just thinking, oh, it's probably just to like, you know, talk about the official confirmation that Louis Hill starts tonight and Cole's probably going on COVID IL or something like that. But no, we're just also getting the Jordan Montgomery news. So why stop there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Whenever Cashman's going to speak, it's either going to be bad news or just nothing. Yeah. <sighs> what, what, what a year. What a year. <laughs> this has been a year. I, and I was saying that just last night after the terrible game against the the Orioles kudos to the cat who ran on the field for making things interesting uh, and but then like you know five minutes after we just get it out of nowhere oh yeah Gericol tested positive for COVID also Jew Rochelle is going to the IL but um yeah great 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 game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a whole thing but hey at least uh Anthony Rizzo's been fun so far so is Joey Gallo he, has he hasn't really done a lot but he had a really cool uh he had a really was crazy great. uh catch yesterday yeah yeah that's uh that's one of the things that was not really talked about much with the Gallo acquisition too is that he's just a really good all-around player I know a lot of people like to decide that he's just this like big beefy power guy and he is but he can do a whole bunch of other stuff too right I'm pretty sure that Gallo is good at sprint speed too so he's not exactly a big slow dude out there either no not at all and you know obviously the one thing that has been talked about is his like cannon of, a, of an arm because like you know just don't run on Joey Gallo but yeah it's definitely it's definitely fun to see, especially after last week when Brett Gardner couldn't do defense, and that's literally his one job on the team. Oh man, that so, was that was a brutal, brutal thing to watch with the, the the last cold start where it's like, oh, maybe they'll actually sweep the Rays, and then instead they lost fourteen nothing. <laughs> yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the New York Jets or Giants, yeah. whatever. I don't like either of them, even yeah, though I'm a Giants they're both fan. bad. <laughs> at least at least the Yankees aren't fighting themselves and their coaches and screaming. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we're, we are not pivoting to New York Giants podcast because, good God, do we not need that in our lives? No, no, no. But, yeah, no, I mean, at least, you know, for the overall, the week was good outside of, obviously, the trade deadline acquisitions and all that. You know, they took two out of three in Tampa. They sure. could not complete the sweep. The sweep demons and the day-gay demons got the best of them there. But then they went into Miami. They actually did finish the sweep, even though, as I mentioned before, they tried their best not to. And they won a day game there. So that's good. Yeah. What was also cool to see was, uh, obviously, you know, we've been talking about whether or not they'll let Giancarlo Stanton actually play in the field because for whatever reason, they decided he was like a DH only the last like two years. But he's actually been playing in the field. And then even last night against the Orioles when they were back home and there was a, a DH spot. Because, you know, they're back in the American League. Giancarlo uh, Stanton was in the field and Aaron Judge was a DH. So, you know, keep doing that. Exactly. Keep doing that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I There's no reason really to make Stan only a designated hitter. He's good enough to play in the outfield at least once a week. And you don't need to pigeonhole your lineup versatility to only Stan as a DH. And I guess you could bring up maybe this is like a slight injury risk, but I, I don't feel like it's really pushing it too much. Giancarlo Stanton is not like 38 yet or anything like that. Yeah, and I could I could kind of get it if he was like um, Miguel Andujar, who's just like terrible in the field no matter what. But like, obviously, I, I didn't get to see much of him playing the outfield this past weekend. But just going uh, back to like 2018 with the Yankees and then obviously in 2017 and prior his days with the Marlins, he was not a bad defender by any no. means. He was actually, he was good in the outfield. So that's what made the decision to make him just like a DH only even more perplexing. Like I get that they were trying to prevent some injuries, but I don't know. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who really needs that, especially because, you know, he's one of the few people who you could just look at and be like, yep, that's a good shape. He's not in good shape. He just is a good shape. Yeah, and I, and I don't blame them at all for putting him as mostly a DH because I think that has helped him stay healthier than in for years sure. past, especially coming off like the COVID-shortened season where everyone was sort of working back from that and they're trying to figure out how are we going to stay healthy for the full 162. And Stan has mostly stayed on the team, so that's good. But you yeah. think it does not ruin it all the entire thing to have him occasionally stand out in the outfield. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, making him your primary DH was never an issue. Making him only a DH is the issue because now whenever you want to give somebody a little bit of a rest, like you have to either take Stanton out of the lineup to let somebody slide into the DH spot or give like somebody like Judge a full day off and just really weaken your lineup where now if you could let Stanton play in the outfield a little bit, you know, you know, every once in a while, like we said, like, you know, once a week or something like that, you could do what he did yesterday, give Aaron Judge a half day off, just let him hit. And then let Stanton play the field. And then look, all of a sudden your lineup's not weakened and you're not forcing like Ryan Lamar and Tyler Wade out there every single game. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't need to do that. Don't need that. Never, never again, please. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take an ad break to, you know, palate cleanse from uh, those thoughts. And we'll uh, be right back. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. We do have a brief update on the, the Luis Severino rehab schedule. Apparently, he will have one more outing after he pitches on... Tuesday night, and then the Yankees will assess his timeline. So could be back maybe even end of next week. That'd be cool. 
Yeah, yeah. that'd be fun. Their timeline might have been uh, accelerated because they don't have any pitchers left. <laughs> yeah, well, th- that was part of it. Um, Cashman did say that they're not going to accelerate the rehab schedule to call him up during the outbreak, but I'm sure that it's not a total non-factor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not going to have him do his rehab up here, but if he's healthy, there's no need for him to keep just starting in double A. Might as well bring him up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. You had an update for us on our baseball reference top 12 that you've been tracking oh, throughout yes. the season. Our, our, our weekly update. So Corey Kluber has, uh, I think last week we talked about how he, he moved up to the sixth spot. He's back at the seventh spot. Chad Green has taken over and him, Jamison Tyon moves to fifth. And then the first through fourth have been pretty consistent the last few weeks with Cole, Judge, Montgomery, and Loisiga in that order. However, you know, there are obviously new additions to the team. And while the baseball reference page, I think, just uh, shows you Yankees war, if uh, Rizzo or Gallo were to be included, Gallo would lead the team, even ahead, of, uh, even ahead of Garrett Cole. Ooh, pretty good. And jo- Anthony Rizzo would slide in right at about sixth place, right behind Jameson Tyone. So good guys to add. Okay. Shout out to Nestor Cortez Jr. Still hanging who's, tight. Who's also, he's in there at number 11, ahead of Gary Sanchez, who closes out the top 12 at number 12. Yeah, Funny totally to expected Nestor Cortez Jr. to slide in between Giancarlo Stanton and Gary Sanchez. In terms of- yes, <laughs> I was going to say, that's like the perfect place for him. It's just the most random spot in the in the war list. Like, yeah, Giancarlo, okay, Nestor Cortez, what? Huh? Gary Sanchez? All right. We're now to the point where officially the top four players on the team in, in uh, baseball reference war have all tested positive for COVID at one point or another. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe don't want to be cause, up there. Because Cole just tested positive. Obviously, Judge a couple weeks ago. Then Montgomery today. Lewiska had that. <laughs> so, yep. man, rough. Oh, one thing we haven't talked about before we get into our meet a baby bomber and um, Yankee of the Week and Mitre of the Week segments is Jamison Tyon. I mean, I know we've, we've alluded to like we've mentioned it before, but he's really turned the season around. And now he's number five on the team in BWAR. So I just hope it's not making its way down the list because then he might be next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, Chad Green looks like he'd be so sad about it too. And Corey Kluber just yeah. like I even mean, at this point, I'd be like, yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> well, hey, congrats to Jameson Tyone for being named the American League Pitcher of the Month, at least. Yeah, yeah, he shoved. Good for him. Right. I was I never expected that to happen this year. So no. it's also an indication of how how much the rest of the team has underperformed. That in the basically a month, he was able to come completely not existing on this top twelve to jump up to number five. Yikes. Hey, Corey Kluber's still there. Yeah, kudos to him, I guess. Yeah, congrats. All right, shall we move into our Meet a Baby Bomber? Let's do it. All right, who are we meeting for you this week? So for this week, we are going to meet Josh Bro. So fun fact, he was today, as of today, just promoted from Hudson Valley up to AA Somerset. So uh, congrats to him. Yeah, you did it, bro. You did it, bro. (laughs) All right. We, but now yeah. that that's out of the way. <laughs> oh, it's going to come about 17 more times. No, I'm yeah. kidding. No, well, so, no, I still remember, if I may interrupt briefly, and I don't know if this is no, part of what you were going to say. That's my last fun fact. I know okay. exactly where you're then, going. Then I will defer. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. So Josh Bro was originally drafted by the Astros in the 36th round of the 2017 draft, um, where but he went back to McLennan uh, Community College in Texas and then was taken by the Yankees in the second round of the 2018 draft as the 61st overall pick. In his 30-game professional debut in 2018, he went homerless and 
you know, there was obviously a little bit of cause of concern there, but he came back to finish 2019 strong, hitting 13 home runs in 51 games for the Charleston River Dogs, though he missed some time that season with an elbow injury that's kind of been bothering him since his college days. Now, some scouts say he profiles similarly to Gary Sanchez, uh, offensively, defensively, and physically, which to me is a good thing because hashtag Gary good. But yep. to others, it may not be because they have made up reasons for thinking hashtag Gary bad. But um, part of me thinks that uh, for some reason, bro may get a longer leash than Gary Sanchez. I wonder what that is. But anyway, um, elbow issues have led to a decent amount of uh, DH time for him between 2018-19. And obviously, 2020, there was pretty much a lost season, although he did have five games of development in the independent Constellation Energy League, where he put up a 771 OPS in those five games. That classic league we all remember. (laughs) Yes, everyone knows that's a thing, right? But so far in 64 games for uh, Hudson Valley this year, Bros put up a 252, 308, 504 slash line, hitting 17 home runs. And the real thing of interest, though, is that he's caught 38 games and DH'd in 27. Uh, Long term outlook on him, like while they do, while scouts do like his arm strength and think that, you know, there are a few who can match him in pure arm strength is concerned, they don't love his like slow transfer and inconsistent accuracy. Mm-hmm. And th- th- which goes to show because in his career, his professional career, he's only thrown out 16% of base runners. And even this year, he's allowed 54 stolen bases in 65 attempts. So throwing out 17%. So pretty much in line with his career norm. So there's that with his elbow issues. There's a chance he could end up at first base or a full time DH. But for right now, since, you know, he's just making his way to double A, we'll see where that leads him. And to the fun fact that you were going to allude to, in my heart of hearts, I truly believe that while it may not be the only reason, one reason the Yankees drafted him was because Nick Swisher was announcing their draft pick that year, and they couldn't up- pass up the opportunity for him to say bro on national TV. So, oh, my God. This is the go. best moment of his life, and that includes, you know, getting the married, having kids, and winning the World Series. He yeah. got to introduce bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and watched that video of Nick Swisher announcing the pick. So happy. You can just see he's so ecstatic. He's like, Josh, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Find uh, Josh Bro on Twitter at big underscore Bashi. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's done a really nice job of like rebuilding his value this year because he started in a real bad place in May. He wasn't hitting at all. And he's really come on in the last few months at Hudson Valley. So definitely not a bad thing to have another decent catching prospect in there. Right. And even if like long-term he doesn't stay there, it's still good to just have that bat. (laughs) You know, if he can do damage with there, like obviously defense matters, but if the bat plays, they'll find somewhere to play you, even if it's that DH. Yeah. And like the Yankees are having these these same sort of questions with uh, Austin Wells too, who there are some reports that I haven't seen this official yet, but that he may be going up to Hudson Valley from Tampa to take bro's old spot, but he's another guy who may, may be even less likely to stick behind the plate. He may end up in the outfield, but he can really hit too. Yeah, but he is not my immediate baby bomber. He is too popular for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we may get to Austin Wells eventually just because he's a, he's a really fun dude to talk about. But Depends on where your random number generator ends up. Exactly. Well, I've been kind of half-assed from the random number generator for a little bit just because <laughs> I've had to purge some people from the list. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but we, uh, I picked one today just because it was topical because Everson Pereira, who is on the Tampa Tarpons, he was one of the names that was originally included in these rumored Joey Gallo trades that were happening the day of that also involved uh, John King, as you mentioned. There were reports that Pereira may have been one of six players going to the Rangers, and that ultimately did not happen. He was not traded. It also seemed like at one point that he might get traded again because he was like getting some hugs in the dugout in Tampa or something like that. But apparently they had just pulled him early to play in the, the nightcap of a doubleheader. <laughs> so, <No. laughs> you know, it was like false alarm stand down. He was just, you know, normal hugs <laughs> but uh, everson Pereira is a, a fun prospect he's 20 years old he's from cabadare venezuela he was an international free agent who they signed in 2017 for 1.5 million he was their big prize of that international free agent splurge which is their first real big one since they went all out in 2014 and then had some penalties for 15 and 16 but Pereira was considered the number four ranked IFA prospect and his baseball instincts were highly praised with a good line drive swing plus outfield defense and plus running. The Yankees were uh, high enough on Pereira to have him skip rookie ball in favor of rookie advanced Pulaski in 2018 and he hit a commendable 263, 322, 389 with an 88 WRC plus and that doesn't sound super flashy but the thing to remember here too is that he was 17 at the time and he averaged at least three years younger than everyone else in the league so he was really playing with a whole bunch of more experienced players and he held his own for you know 17 year old whereas I was just like struggling with AP Calc so you know I guess point to Everson Pereira <laughs> then uh 2019 was tougher uh, he started the season a short season in Staten Island but he never really got rolling he only appeared in 18 games and then he missed most of the year with a badly sprained ankle so his numbers weren't good and but it was also just 18 games and he got hurt so Pereira trained was training in Orlando during the shutdown of 2020 and he started flashing some higher exit velocities with quicker bat speed. MLB Pipeline ranked him the number 13 prospect in the Yankee system entering 2021. And after a tune-up in rookie ball in late June, he's hit the ground running in low A Tampa. His season has only been that month of July and the tiny little bit of August that we have uh, as we're talking right now, but he's hit 361, 446, 667 with five homers and a 194 WRC plus in 19 games. So again, 19 games, but damn, he is, uh, he's crushing it. So the Yankees may well end up being quite glad that they did not have to include Everson Pereira in the uh, Joey Gallo trade because he might be another good outfield prospect for them, which is one of the reasons why they were able to unload some of the guys that they did at the trade deadline to have players like Pereira who are tearing it up in the blue liners. Yeah, and I think you know, what you mentioned, like how he was originally included in those, the initial reporting of the Joey Gallo trade, like part of me wonders if like what was originally proposed when John King was involved in the six players, like maybe that was the thing. And then something happened where the money maybe didn't make sense and Cashman really cared more about getting them to pay for everything than anything else. So that's probably why it ultimately fell through. Who knows? But he's a good person to not have traded away, even though like if you were trading him for Joey Gallo, you probably like learn to live with it too. So Definitely, definitely cool. <laughs> yeah. And actually, breaking news right now, Everson Pereira has been promoted to the Hudson Valley Renegades along with Austin Wells and some two other players who are less exciting, but still these Eduardo Toyalba and Andres Chaparro. So yeah, very topical. Yay! Baby bomber. <laughs> good job. Good timing. Yeah. You're now the Yankee of the Week, Merns. Yeah. The Hudson Valley Renegades were just waiting for me to talk about it, and somehow they've tapped into the channel. So yes. hello, Hudson Valley Renegades. You're on the fan. Well, well welcome to the Zoom. <laughs> We just hear like big chittering of a raccoon because I think that's like their logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this angry looking raccoon thing. It is whatever that is, but it is that. <laughs> yeah, does it does that mascot have a name? I need to know these things. Good question. 
Rascal the Raccoon. Oh, that rules. I love it. <laughs> Classic Rascal. Wait, 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 wait. It, this gets better. So I'm looking at the Hudson Valley Renegades Wikipedia. Their mascots are raccoons. Rookie, the Renegade Raccoon. Rookie's wife, Renee Gade. Rascal, Rookie and Renee's son. And occasionally, Rookie's father, Rufus. Oh, God, I love the miners. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the majors had this much fun. Oh, like, yeah. Even like once in a while. They're just living their best life. All right. I think we'll, we can cut the beat of baby bomber thing short there. We will move on to the <laughs> Yankee and Mitre of the Week. Woo. All right. Who is your Yankee of the Week? So my Yankee of the Week is going to be Brian Cashman. There are things I don't necessarily love the work he's done this year. I think, obviously, the rotation and the bullpen, you know, are definitely places where he could have improved, even at the trade deadline or at the rotation, especially in the offseason, just kind of banking on Tyon and Kluber. But ultimately... He's still working under Hal's mandate to reset the, the tax number and get under the threshold. So his hands are tied a little bit, but it's still up to him to decide how the money is spent. But still, he's had a very good week. Hal's mandate's annoying, but Cashman managed to work his way around it and bring balance to the force by getting Gallo, uh, Joey Gallo and Rizzo and literally bringing balance to a very right-handed heavy lineup and adding two very good left-handed bats. Obviously, Anthony Rizzo was my was my backup candidate for Yankee of the Week just because of how great of a start he's had to his Yankees tenure. But getting the Rangers and the Cubs to pay for their salaries and basically adding those bats for no money is pretty impressive. So, Brian Cashman, you get your credit this week. Yeah, and I, like you, I have my own quibbles with Cashman and still have for quite a while at this point. But at the end of the day, he's still one of the best general managers in terms of getting trades done and in the game. You rarely see the Yankees trade away some prospect that really comes back to bite them. Like occasionally you'll see some that go on little runs like James Caprillion has been pretty good in Oakland, but it took him a little while to actually get healthy enough to get to make them regret that a little bit. And they traded him away in 2017. So yeah, that's it's like it's this been four years. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think Yankees fans would have had the patience to uh, deal with that. So, you know, especially because like when when they got Kepperly and then, you know, there was the whole like, oh, my God, he's going to be fast track. The cage bull is going to be unleashed. And then, you know, obviously he got hurt. So, yeah, it's fine. And like, yeah, you maybe every once in a while you lose like an Austin Jackson for a Curtis Granderson. But Curtis Granderson's really good, guys. Yeah. Or he wasn't. So whatever. Yeah. Again, we can quibble with some of Cashman's like other moves, but trades we usually work out pretty well. Yeah. So. There's a reason why we say he went full ninja cash sometimes because it comes out of nowhere that gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. So my Yankee of the week was going to be Jamison Tyon, who we already talked about because he won that AL pitcher of the month for July, the 1.16 ERA, which is the lowest in the league. And he struck out 25 batters. So, you know, he kept that rolling over the course of the last week with another nice start. So kudos to Jamison Tyon on that. And honestly, might as well throw an honorable mention out there to Anthony Rizzo because he had a good right. series. Yeah, like like I said, he was my backup. Oh, he was my second choice for Yankee of the Week, but I just had to, you know, give it to Cashman. But yeah, homering in uh, in two straight games to start your Yankees tenure being a reason for them to sweep the Marlins because he was involved in every single one of those games. Like, you know, he's the one who had the tying run on Sunday to so then they started their comeback to complete the sweep. So yeah, good, good. Welcome to New York, Anthony. Yeah, and Joey. And it's been the waiting most for Italian, you. the most Italian hand gesture names possible. <laughs> yeah, it's just too again, just too bad that Sal Romano is no longer there to uh, I don't know, eat a pizza with them. I don't... <laughs> yeah, why are you cutting Sal Romano, aka the big cheese, and not like Brooks Chris? You know what? Cashman's my me tray of the week now. 
<laughs> Brooks Christie still exists as far as I know. So. And the big cheese is gone yeah. until he maybe comes back. But as far as I know, he's gone. Yeah. All right. Who's your uh, meet trade of the week? Or is it just so, Cashman? <laughs> <laughs> it is not Brian Cashman for cutting Sal Romano. My meet trade of the week is going to be Brett Gardner. Obviously, this is a, a little bit weird because on Monday night's loss to the Orioles, he walked three times and got a hit. So he was on base in all four of his plate appearances. But prior to that game on Monday, he was hitting 167, 167, 167 for the week, which is just impressive on its own. Bad. But mostly he's here because he missed that missed that catch in Cole's outing versus Tampa, where like because of that missed catch, it turned a 4 nothing bad game to a 6 nothing clunker, which ultimately led to Abreu coming in and allowing two more runs to be tallied to Cole's count. So he so Cole was ultimately responsible for eight, even though only seven earned runs. And then Abreu was charged with six of his own without getting a single out so went from a 4-0 bad game to a 14-0 laugher and while Abreu had his own bad week he's not important or present enough on this roster to actually be worthy of a meet of the week at least not yet and Gardner's still hanging around somehow and the one thing he's supposed to do is play defense and he didn't even do that right and that catch pissed me off because literally you have one job right Gardner yeah so yeah now that was that was one of the more tough moments to watch just because like that as you said that's like the one thing that Gardner can do at this point even that now he's just like he's got to catch that I know it's the trap but it's you know get it done and like if he was hitting somewhat respectably you could be like all right whatever normally he gets those and you don't get as mad about it but the fact that he's just been on like a basically a zero or actually probably a negative with the bat and then it's like okay then you have to basically make every play that you're supposed to make like I understand like not making all the difficult ones or whatever like that's fine but this was a play he should have made and uh yeah so Brett Gardner me trade of the week yeah that's fair my other my other option was just the concept of day games because of how bad the Yankees have been in them (laughs) them salvaging the Sunday uh day game against Miami and completing the season is what propelled Brett Gardner into first kudos you did it man all right My Mitre of the week is uh, unfortunately Gary Sanchez because he's uh, hitting another one of those little Gary slides. Ideally, this won't be a super long one, but in the past week, 091, 200, 136 with one of my favorite WRC plus numbers, which is exactly one. So yeah, Matt Ferencik has pointed this out like a couple couple years ago that like one is always just so much funnier than just zero or anything negative because it's just one. <laughs> it really is though, because like, okay, you barely just did something. <laughs> You did it. Yeah, one year, uh, Zoilo Almonte had a uh, WRC plus or an o- actually it may have been an OPS plus of one. And it's just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> good. Sure, why not? Thinking of you, Zoilo. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, Gary Sanchez, not, not the best week for him, but, you know, hopefully he doesn't look like completely lost like he did earlier in the season, which is good sign that maybe he'll break out of it or, you know, come out of it sooner rather than later. And, uh, you know, he's still doing well defensively at least. And so, yay, Gary, Gary. Good. Yeah. yeah. I still have confidence in Gary. So, you know, we'll, we'll hang in there. We saw too much of uh, Rob Brantley recently to uh, want to deal with anything else. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for us. I think on this week of the Pistro Belly podcast, unless we get any more breaking news during our recording, in which case, God, please no. <laughs> but ideally the Yankees don't keep losing against the Orioles, but you know, we all have dreams, right? Yeah. We all want things as Greg would, Greg Kirkland would say. Yeah. And uh, you know, again, the Yankees are still hanging in there in the wild card hunts. I think that the AL East may be a bit of a pipe dream at this point, but whatever, that's, 
still a thing, I guess. They're seven games back of the Rays because uh, the Rays kind of took care of the Red Sox over the weekend. Sheesh. Ooh. And not a single tear was shed, but, you know, still. No, not at all. Yeah. And, of course, the Rays promptly went out on Monday and got wrecked by the Mariners. So, you know, what do we know? <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird hey, As long as they keep beating each other or whatever and just kind of staying around each other, keep doing that, I guess. Exactly. It's I the uh, really Ken know. Watanabe, like, let them fight gif. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us on this week of the Pinstripe Alley podcast. You can, you can follow you can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Marins PSA. Where can we find you this week? I'm sorry to do this to you, but you can follow, not to you, but to Josh Bro. But you can follow me at Big underscore Bashi because that's just a great handle. So you know what? Go. But nice. don't, please don't at him. Actually, no, please don't at him. <laughs> just let him, let him be. You know, he's fine. He's fine. Yes. He's fine. But I just needed to highlight and wanted to say Big Bashi again. Yeah, you know, I was excited for a second because I was going to randomly say, you could follow Ken Watanabe at Watanabe, but that account's not verified, so I don't think that's him. (laughs) (laughs) Darn. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. So that'll do it for us. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. See you.